What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Dog, and this is our, I guess it's our season wrap for season 2022. Still going to be plenty more content on the site, but we thought we'd sign this one off and wrap it up and tie a bow on it. And joining me to tie that bow is my bow, Patch. How are you? Oh, you stole the line right out of my mouth and put it into your very beautiful very very touching mouth like dog and it's good to see it and to see you again i'm well i'm well how are you i'm alive and dandy uh it's nice not having super coach on this week to be honest with you but also joining us is the genius behind around the wicket the jock reynolds website's latest foray into cricket the latest podcast in our feed, that's, well, it's one half of it. Damo, how are you? I'm good, yeah. It's not just me. It's also Azar as well. Now, Damo, quick summation for those who may not have had the chance to listen to it yet. What is cricket? What is cricket? Well, you see, Patch, there is a ball and a bat. And no. Um, so basically, the podcast is going to be more around analysing the, the T20 games that have gone and that are coming up it's going to be a weekly thing we're not going to try and fit it in between the rounds but we will look at everything from a super coach standpoint but we won't try and shoehorn ourselves between the rounds because it's such a fast-paced season yes so i highly recommend the first episode was fantastic you demo you got a few calls right with the bbl draft which this is not the space for it but i thought the bbl draft was very interesting yeah it felt um it felt a little bit cheap, but I think as it go, as they keep on doing it, they'll work out what works as time goes on. And it was an interesting draft for sure. Well, let's jump into Supercoach because we're here to summarize the season that was 22 for potentially the final time, although I hope not. We're brought to you by Manscaped. Lads, Father's Day in Australia is just around the corner. If you're listening to this at time of recording, it's literally just around the corner. Our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Once again, I've read it verbatim. It's September. Father's Day is September in Australia. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. My preferred way to use it. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code JOCK, J-O-C-K, at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad, Bod, will thank you. Patch, you've uh, you've gone beyond the sponsorship. You've actually purchased some items. Yeah, the boxes are Using code good. JOCK. I used code JOCK uh, for that sweet 20% off. Uh, 20%, 15%. It was some money off. It was 20% cheaper. off plus free shipping with code JOCK, J-O-C-K. 
20% off. It was $15 off. That's why I'm not good with numbers, you see. Not good with numbers. Um, but it made the number go down, and I bought them because they're, they're, they're so comfortable. They're so, so comfortable. My God. Um, well, if you would like to yeah. be like Patch, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code JOCK, J-O-C-K, at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using code J-O-C-K. Shake what your mama gave you. Nah. Shake what your daddy gave you. All right. Gentlemen, the Supercoach review for season 2022, and this one's going to be a bit of a shorter one than normal. I just wanted to give us a platform to really talk about how our seasons went, whether we achieved our goals, surprises, things that we enjoyed, things that we didn't like. And I think I think the first thing I'd like to do is probably talk about how we performed ourselves as individuals because obviously we know as a collective, the JR community is one of the best out there, if not the best out there. Uh, because I had set some goals for myself before this season, which I just fell short of, which it gives me gives me something to aim for next year. And I, I'd like you guys to reflect on the same while I uh, take you through how I ended up going. Right. Talk to us. For what me, were these goals? It, well, look, obviously the first goal is win Supercoach. It's a pretty difficult one. How did how did he do. go? Uh, I was close. You were close. Well, right. I was. I, you know, if you squint. Um, shout out by the way to JP's Ramagoos who took out first prize this year. I aimed to finish in the top five thousand, which to some people out there might not sound like a super hard task to do. For quite a while there, I thought I was going to do it until I did my bad thing of the season, which we'll get to later. I ended up finishing 7,390th, so just a couple of thousand outside of that uh, outside of that 5,000 goal, top 4% overall. And I, I'm, actually not, I'm actually not unhappy with that result. Had a lot of fun this year, took some risks, and to be in that top sort of 5%, I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy with my performance i don't know how about you how, how do you guys feel i'm happy about your performance <laughs> what about your own performance Pat? My, my own what I, I don't know what you're talking about um i i don't know what you're talking about uh yeah it didn't quite go as well for myself as i just try and figure out what the hell i'm doing with where my microphone is sitting um, I finished, uh, 11,000th, which was, it's a big number, um, big number, got halfway through the season and realized you want the small number and made a slow climb up from, I think I hit the 35,000th at one point, um, just before the buys. Um, I went into this year going, right, I've, I've done lots of the good scoring stuff the last few years. I want to try and keep doing that, but I, I want to make sure I've got lots of depth because I kept seeing all these teams last year that had you know, these really good players that, you know, swing between M9 and F7 and, you know, D7 and M9. And I'm like, man, that looks so cool and looks like so much fun. And like, they've got spare ruck cover. And I really focused on, you know, the cash generation and the depth this year. And along the way, I forgot to score any points. But my gum, did I, did I generate a lot of cash and finished the year with a lot of depth on the pine? Um, so that was, I don't know, I kind of achieved my goals, but I lost sight of, of the big picture along the way where, you know, my last round I finished with, you know, Stephen May on the bench, Travis Boak on the bench, um, Luke Jackson on the bench as well. So there was, there was plenty of coverage there, but just, I didn't quite score 
as many points as I, I should have or would have liked to in an ideal world. Damo, I'll get you to go through your season in Uno Momento, but I should say, like, that ability to climb patch, it should, I mean, 11,000, you know, it's not terrible. It's it's in the top 10%. It's not the most fantastic finish you've ever had. You've been quite a high finish in the past. But similarly, I, I climbed from, like, I think I started the season around, like, 58,000th or something and managed to climb up into the 7,000, um, was pretty close to 5,000 towards the end there, but made a few terrible, terrible decisions, uh, which I'm going to blame on you for the most part. Hello. Demo, how, how did you find your season? Uh, I finished ranked uh, 9,000th, and uh, it was a case of I didn't listen to my own advice because I knew my advice was sound. It's just I didn't follow it myself. And I actually had people telling me that, they had listened to this podcast in the mailbag and mostly only listened to what I had to say and they were finished in the top 100 or 500 or top 1,000. And I'm like, why? It's like I need to listen to my advice more apparently. Um, I after, after the buys, my team just fell apart though. So I finished one player short of full premium. So that was something that annoyed the hell out of me. Uh, and... I knew exactly where, where I went wrong. I traded Zach Butters when he was annoying me and then he went off the chain. I traded Stephen Cornelio when he was annoying me and then he went off the chain. So I basically just, next year I need to be patient and I need to focus more on getting the rookies off the field and dealing with someone scoring the annoying 80s later rather than dealing with the 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 premium scoring the annoying 80s first and leaving the rookies. How did you guys go with trade management? I know we've spoken about it week to week, but in, as a summary, how did you go? Myself, I had three trades to use across the last five weeks. I had five trades to use across the last six weeks, um, but my trade boosts were gone, gone by the time the buyers had, had finished, well and truly gone. How did you guys go? I had one trade left right up until round 21. Um, and I used that to turn Hewitt into Stewart. And then, so for the last two rounds, I was tradeless. And I was holding on to dear God that no one got rested for the final f- rounds. Patch, how about you? How was your management of trades for those who might not have been listing every single week? Um, yeah, I think it was okay. Um, it was okay and the buyers hit and I realized I just didn't quite have enough cash that particular week to do what I wanted to do and then had one or two injuries that I didn't quite, I mean, no, not that you ever really expect them, but they came at times right. I churned through the boosts pretty quickly and kind of after the buyers was left with four trades um, for the rest of the season, which... You know, I kind of made do. I still had plenty of cover, but um, it could very easily gone the other way uh, had my players been injured. So um, I don't think I went quite as hard early as the people that finished towards the pointy end did, but I then tried to catch up by using a lot of trades through, you know, rounds five to to 12 or five to the end of the buyers really going pretty much maximum trades every week. And I think that was probably not the smartest move. I should have held off just that little bit longer, used the three trades round three, another trade in round four, and then probably should have held off another couple of weeks, but pretty much went uh, maximum trades, you know, every week from there on out. Um, 
until the end of the buys, which I think was probably just a little bit too much to like, obviously trying to catch up to the people that were well in front of me, but didn't work. So lesson learned there. Let's move into good super coach thing, bad super coach thing. Um, let's go good super coach thing, I, I guess, of the year. Um, I'm happy to start. I mentioned this guy a lot during the season because he's was one of the few lights <laughs> lights in in the light that was my the darkness that was my team for a lot of it. But trading in in round seven, Grundy went down with an injury. I traded out Grundy, Cherry, and McCartan, which that McCartan piece of it in hindsight is probably a bad decision. But I traded in Luke Parker at four seventy five k, who went on to be one of the top forwards. Braden Pruce at 298k, who we know what happened there. And Connor Rosie at 398k, who went on to be one of the uh, higher ranking forwards. So I think that round seven started to to correct my, my season because uh, it wasn't going in a great direction prior to that. So my good super coaching is those round seven trades. Uh, potentially, in hindsight, I think I could have held McCartan and traded another rookie. At the time, McCartan, I think, had gone down with a concussion, and I was, I was, there was concerns that, for me anyway, that he might not come back. So that was the logic there. But I think that was a turning point. Luke Parker ends up being the fourth ranked forward. Connor Rosie ends up being the tenth ranked forward. Um, so I was relatively happy with those with those moves. They were the probably the the good super coach thing in my season. How about you, Damo? Do you have something in the canon? I don't. I didn't have a trade that paid off as well as that one. I did have some good trades during the season, but none that I can really call back to. I I, I quite liked turning Matt Rowell and Mitch Hinge into James Sicily at round five. That I jumped on before he got too far out of reach. And James Sicily was fantastic throughout the year. He, he I think he only went below a hundred maybe once or twice. So that was a very good investment there. Um, I also really liked the fact that we got a premium in Will Brody for 224k at the beginning of the season. And so many people, including myself, weren't sure where he fit in the Dockers' best 22. But it's fair to say he is now well entrenched in that and could possibly even be an option for next season for someone willing to start willing to start him well when he's more comfortable and in that Dockers system with, with Mundy gone. Yeah, Brody and and we'll mention Ganiglio, Ganiglio at the same time, fifth and seventh for ranked forwards respectively. Just huge output from those guys. They were setups, and and as you mentioned, Sicily as well was an obvious in hindsight start. In fact, he was obvious at the time as well. I wrote an article about why you had to start him, and then didn't pick him. So, um, kudos to you, Damo, for correcting that one. How about you, Patch? Yeah, I think the um, well, as I spoke about, I got the cash generation in a really good spot this year and just kind of holding on to those rookies um, was a key thing. Like you mentioned trading out McCartan earlier, but I, I kept both Paddy McCartan and, you know, Sam DeConning and you now even Jack Hayes only traded out. Um, sorry, that Sam Hayes, I traded out late. Um, yeah. I, I kind of kept, you know, McCartan until around 15 DeConning until 13 um, and just kind of you know held Tristan Zeri. Like a lot of people dropped him relatively early um, so managed to jump off him at the right point. Um, Josh Rochelle at the right point as well, which is kind of nice to to get that timing really right. The people I traded them to didn't work out in the end. Um, 
about the only one that I, I traded in and did really well. The two of them that I'm happiest with were um, Danny Rioli um, at 419k, who averaged 95 or something for the year and finished the year with a, a four-round average of 100, pretty much on the dot, and uh, Tom Libertore in round seven at 535k, who averaged 104 um, from there on out as well as a as a forward, was very nice um, and had a yeah. run there where he scored, you know, six, seven, eight tons in a row um, and yep. had a very, very low floor from the time I bought him in. Yeah, Rioli 12th overall forward, Libertore 3rd overall forward. And as we recall, I jumped off Daniel Rioli at one point during the season, which in hindsight probably wasn't the play. Let's jump into our – and there's plenty of other positive things, but let's jump into our negative things of the season. Um. This one is is in a tier of its own to the point where I don't even know that I, I can I can even count it as my selection. But Mason Redmond might be the worst supercoach option in the history of supercoach. You um, take my husband's name out your goddamn mouth, Lake Dog. Let me read out some scores from him. 113, 99, 144, 107, 102, 152, 49, 176. Great Pretty scores. Good, Incredible fantastic scores. scores. Brilliant. We talked him up on the podcast for weeks. I yep. traded him in. Here's what he scored. 68, 63, and 55. He essentially scored less in those three games he was in my team than he did in round 20 against North Melbourne. Uh, he's obviously dead to me. Like the, and I'll obviously never pick him again. That sounds like a you problem. He was fine, and then you touched it, and you have to buy what you break. You broke it. You have to buy it. You have to wear the consequence. This... This is on you, man. Like, you broke Mason Redmond, and you owe everyone an apology. Everyone who had him for that good run, depended on him in finals, you owe them an apology. I'll be doing no such thing. I guess the, the one uh, the one I wanted to flag was trading in Jared Witts at over 600k oh. as a simple fix for the Max Gorn problem, oh. and having him essentially score nothing for the rest of the season. He had two tons towards the end of the year was absolutely putrid after a lot of coaches jumped on, especially when you consider the fact that you could have got him at about 350k at the start of the year. Yep. Yep. How about you, uh, Patch or Damo? Who wants to jump on their bad thing of the year? I broke Toby Nankervis the same the same way that you broke Jared Witts and Mason Redman, apparently. I I still say Mason Redmond came broken. He was Toby, scoring well till you got him like this. The numbers don't lie, Lake Dog. Toby Nankovis was one of the top averaging ruckmen and then averaged nothing on the way home after I got him in and then he got and then one game he was possibly injured and I had and only had one trade left and I was worried that I'd have to sideways him to a Riley O'Brien, and which in hindsight, Riley O'Brien actually had a good end to the year, so that would might have been actually a good trade. But at the time, I wasn't happy about the way Toby Nankervis was um, performing. Uh, luckily, Jared Witts um, finished the season as the highest, uh, as the most points in the ruck line. So he still worked for your total points theory there, Lechdog. Yes, well, total points. Total points is a sound theory, but the issue with it is that you have to have the players for the majority of the year for it to matter, which is a, a small fine tune 
to the rule I worked out this year because I'm looking through all the top scoring players. I'm like, I've got most of these guys, but I didn't have them for very long. And that 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 really hurts the yeah. total points theory, which is a tweak we're going to make moving forward. Yeah, especially when you bring them in and they've already scored the bulk of their points. And then, which you're just elaborating that point is like, yep, which first three rounds I had him were pretty putrid. And the whole ruck line, Honestly, uh, I kind of beans that up, didn't I? Uh, spent the whole preseason saying that Jared Witz was broken, couldn't in any good faith endorse any side um, that had Jared Witz in it, and just said, no, set and forget, Grundy and Gorn, just, just make it happen. And, you know, Grundy obviously got injured. Gorn also had stints on the sideline and, um, and had form drop off as well. Um, so it was, you know, very easy to, to look back in hindsight and say, of course, that was never going to work, but it annoys me to no end that if you go back and did the perfect round one team, it would have Jared Witts, Braden Proust, and Jack Hayes on the bench with an emergency on him to loop onto the field. And then you've got Proust averaging a hundred for eight weeks. Um, considering that people sent me teams with that in it. And I had several heart attacks over it. And uh, who's laughing now? Who's laughing everyone, now? Everyone except us. Yep. So the ruck line really hurt this year, as did nearly starting Jack Sinclair and then deciding, nah, I don't like St. Kilda players. Um, he scares me a bit much. And then he was the best player to have ever played the game, basically. Yeah, in, internally in the group chat, uh, Mato was all over it and sort of had got us all on board. But I think we're all too cowardly. Mm. And there were just the so, there were so many other good options in the back line that it was like, well, if you miss one of the good guys back there, like, and Sinclair busts up, then then what are you going to do? You're stuck with this 420k defender who's no good, and then have to trade up toward to someone else, and then no one bit until you know it was well. None of us really bit until it was too late. Um, not ideal. And I don't trust St Kilda players either because it feels like they have a different position every season. Yes, no, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. Sorry, one other good thing which I forgot to mention: I finally, finally had Tom Hawkins for a sizable chunk of a season. Finally did it, um, and God, it felt good. And ended up being the ninth ranked forward. So for total points, which should should bring me to another bad thing, which I've forgotten. I, I'm, I forgot about a bet I had made to start. Oh the no. Oh, late dog. Is this the Heaney bet? The Heaney bet. Oh, dear. And I, I'll almost take credit for Heaney's resurgence myself, if I'm being honest with you, because if I don't make this bet, he gets injured in round one. True. G'day, Zano. I can already hear you cackling listening to this. Uh, go on. I will be purchasing, having to purchase as a part of this bet, a, a Sydney membership next year, because I bet that he wouldn't be a top six. I can't remember the exact. It was either top six or top eight forward. For total points come season end of players starting in the forward line. So we weren't going to add in your bomb propellers, etc. Because I was so confident that he would not play football in 2022. Well, he played 22 games, averaged 101, was the mm. sixth ranked forward overall, was the, I'm going to say, third or fourth overall for players that started as forward eligible. So, Zeno. Kudos to you. You're welcome because without me, he is absolutely a bust this year. Damo? Uh, I just did a quick count. He was the fifth averaging forward who started with forward eligibility. Yeah, that hurts. 
that hurts. But good on him to owners of him. And uh, remember, there was a stage where he was the most popular player in Supercoach, and then people started jumping off him, and he came home like a house on fire, averaged 111 over his last five games. So, yeah, probably one that was a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, another surprise, but kind of not really, is this is it is the interesting one, right? And you touched on this in your interview with Moreira's Magic Demo, the Jack McRae pick, where in hindsight, there as as Moreira's Magic said, there was no real upside to him as a pick, and he's still the sixth ranked player in Supercoach by total points in 2022. But I can't help but look at the fact that he's lost 163 grand, he's averaged 115. And averaged 98 over his last five, and, and I'm disappointed in him, but in he's still the sixth best player in Supercoach. And in that interview, I actually learnt something very valuable, I think, for next year. And it's and this is gonna sound really stupid, but don't listen to anyone. We talk about herd immunity in when in like when you're when it, for like vaccinations and getting well and all those sorts of things. But and when you want your football club to be free of supplement programs. That too. But it's almost like... this herd immunity? It's, it's, it's almost like some teams and some coaches suffer from herd, herd stupidity. Like everyone jumps in on this one player and if you don't jump in on this player... You, you get absolutely berated because they're trying to sell you this one player. But if you're not sold on this player, if you see no upside to this player, there's no reason why you should start that player. And the, the biggest thing that I actually took out from that Marrera's Magic interview was he said his, nut, his first selected pick for next season in Supercoach is Taron Thomas. Who burnt me in round one and two. I had him in my team as a breakout. And the reason that he said that he was going to jump on Taron Thomas was because he was going to be cheap. The output should be there and he trusts Alistair Clarkson to get the best out of him. Yep. And he's, yeah, he, Marrera's magic really stressed the fact that uh, value is key in fantasy, right? Should make sense. You need to find upside in players what was the upside in picking these 700k players in hindsight? One thing I want to say, Patch, I don't know if you you look like you got your hand up, but I I just wanted to make one quick point. In the top uh, 57 Supercoach options in 2022 for total points, only one of them played less than 20 games, and that was Zach Merritt on 19. So it's absolutely integral Moving forward, I, we say this every year, but availability is your best ability. So picking guys who we think are going to play every game is super key uh, to success in this game. Braden Pruce is a great option. He was, if you look across his history as a player, was never going to play enough games for us to to be, and enough games in a row to provide real value to us. So I think I'm going to take that out, that that as a little caution moving forward, just to, to pick guys that are going to play footy. It doesn't matter how good value they are. If they don't play more than two games in a row, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. And it's looking for looking ahead. You've got, you know, the, um, the super coach guys put out a, a yarn this week, looking at, 
you know, cheap buys for next year. And that Fife was on the list at, you know, 300 to 350 K and you're like, God, it's so cheap. He, he might, he's probably going to be forward eligible, you know, dual Brownlow medalist, absolute, you know, fantasy stud. But is he going to play more than three games in a row at, at any point during the start of the season? Maybe, but gosh, it makes it, you know, difficult to justify picking him despite the, the obvious value, the obvious upside. Yeah, the consistency yeah. is is a requirement. I think a guy like John Segler next year is going to be real value in terms of his price to output ratio on a per game basis, but Jeez, he's just you... not going to he's just not going to play enough games. No, and you could not have picked a, a more uh, name to throw into the ring of like a well, un- unappealing fantasy at, option. Yeah. But I was just looking at guys that scored well in the final round. So Segler played and played. He only played two games, right? So he's yeah. going to get a discount. And he scored 113 in his last game. So there are going to be people, people that go, oh, well, you know, he can turn up, void of significance, he's cheap, but we know he's not going to play. Yeah, exactly. All right. Year in the rear view mirror, who's your first picked for next season? Mm. And, I'm, and I'm happy for you guys to have some, you know, some asterisks on, on this if you want to bring in some, you know, potential trade moves as well. Uh, okay, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. It's a tough um, one without notice. Um, I'll go first. You go first. Yep, Give us some time to, uh, to think. If Tim Taranto lands at Richmond, he's he's probably going to have forward eligibility and I will pick him in as F1 in my forward line. There's a there's a few guys. I don't mind that. Uh, ben Cunnington will be cheap if you think his output will work in that North Melbourne side. Uh, Kieran Strachan, my man, if he moves to a club, rumours are he might, he's going to be my first picked and first captained every single week. There's a bunch of guys, like Paddy Dow is going to be at another club. Is anyone going to take a pun on him? Uh, Nick Caulfield hasn't played this year. Are we, going to, are we going to take a pun on him to get back on the park? There's going to be heaps of value options, and I'm going to look at value before I lock in my primos because I did it in reverse this year and I got Jack McRae with who was still good but had no upside. Another player that was in that article that Patch was talking about, Dom Sheed is going to be 255k. Mm. 250. And and he, and he is going to, and he has averaged 100 plus in the past. He could double his price after the first 8 weeks. Yeah, that's uh that's yeah, very very close to to first picked and it'll you know, intriguing how the draft shakes out as well. It's, um, you know, whispers that it might not be as strong as previous years. So if there's less rookies coming through, you know, that that could shape as well how we go. James Rowbottom is very high on my list. Average 109 in his last five rounds on the way home. JPK is obviously departing at the end of the year. He's, you know, at that stage where I think he's entering his fifth season. You know, there's, there's scope for, you know, for that real explosion, you know, real contested, you know, contested bull, he he can take that that next step next year, I think, and will still be pretty cheap. Um, and is you know that whole Sydney side. You look at you know your you know potentially your um, your Errol Gouldens. Your, you know if Braden Campbell takes a a roll down back. Um, you know there, there's some scope in that Sydney side. There are a lot of players I really like and really think could do well. Um, and then also you've got your you know the Clarko factor will obviously be. Um, a pretty big deal, but Jaden Stephenson, as much as I hate to to bring him up, you know, played off halfback, and they were they were cheap possessions, and 
you know, pretty ineffectual stuff, but still managed to rack up the pill and, and rack up fantasy points. Mm. You're forgetting result. one thing though. He mm-hmm. won't be allowed to wear sleeves anymore. So Sleevo ah. will be dead. Mm. Just on yeah. North Melbourne though, Luke Davies Uniac is going to be a popular yeah. oh, starting yeah. selection. Yes. Yeah. And for a good reason. I mean, that's like people are talking about him being a breakout player next year. His breakout was this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we missed it. He averaged 101 for the year, but we know that he averaged like, I don't know, 105 over his last five, whatever it was. And had periods where he had really yeah. high ceiling. Yeah. 118 over his last three, which was. And. And in his draft year, they talked about how explosive he was. We haven't seen this explosiveness in previous seasons, but something clicked middle of the year for this guy, and he just went bang for the final, for the second half of the year. And now everyone's looking, talking about him like he's like he's going to be one of the top 10 midfielders in the competition at the end of next year. And honestly, I'm not, I, I'm not thinking that that's such a far-fetched, you know, a, a far-fetched prediction. Uh, there's going to be a few guys in that in that that you know who's going to take the baton off off your uh, your primos of the past and like No Anderson, Luke Davies, you know, they're the guys that are are going to be really exciting and guys that people are going to want to take a punt on. Uh, Brandon Ellis had a really good year as well for Gold Coast. He had a range of roles. I want to see what his role is with a full lineup. But another key first pick, and this is probably actually my answer, but I think it almost has to be Rowan Marshall. He's going to be priced. At an average of 92, he should retain both forward and ruck eligibility. If not, he'll be ruck eligible. And we know Paddy Ryder's retired. Jack Hayes will still be recovering from uh, that knee injury. So Royal Marshall's going to be a really popular section, and he's probably at this stage my actual my actual selection as my first pick lock. Yeah, I think my first pick, looking at it again, is, uh, is Rory Laird. Um, because I didn't yeah, have him all yeah. year, and that sucked. Let me tell you, that was awful. Yeah, he's um, really good. He's quite he's good. good. He's really good. Then Mario's Magic's going to say, "Where's the upside?" It's, well, the upside, you know, the downside of not having him uh, was, is was bad. The, the, the downside is the upside. Exactly. The downside is the upside. I'm the upside down. Well, I want to take this opportunity to plug on the website, gentlemen, that Trigger has jumped on again, as he has done for the last, I don't know, four, five, six years, and he's organized his Supercoach Finals competition. Jump on the website. It's a pinned article with all the rules and the link to the document. Same old story for those listening. You jump in the Google Doc, you make your team. There's a bunch of rules which... uh, are explained within the Excel sheet and within the article. Jump in, sign up, join. It's always a fun competition to see how we're going next to everyone else. I think I got close to winning it last year. So keen to jump back in and thank you to Trigger once again for providing that content. Gentlemen, is there anything you want to sign off on as we wrap up this year? We know there's going to be plenty of content on the site, plenty of trade content, cricket content, you name it. It's all going to be there. Is there anything else you want to get out before we run and have a a mad Monday and and have maybe a little bit of downtime? I just want to thank you two. I think you two have had a fantastic year running this podcast. You have, there's been some funny moments throughout the year that you both uh, were a part of. And I also want to say thank you to Clarkie being the co-host on the mailbag. He, 
there was an evolution in him mid mid season that made the the mailbag far more enjoyable to record. Not that it wasn't enjoyable to record beforehand, but he came out of his bubble a bit more towards the back end of the season, and it made the mailbag just that little bit, you know, more free flowing. And and then we've also got Azza coming out of his shell and launching the dub, which is which is already taking everything by storm with people actually messaging him wanting to write for him so you know it's this this little community that we have built between us is 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 really starting to grow and it was and it was great to meet you guys earlier in uh, 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 earlier and hopefully we get to meet again soon in real life and it's gonna be um it's gonna be a good season next year you're going to make me cry, Damo. You beautiful bastard. Thank you to you as well. A huge driving force behind the website and trying and keeping us interested, I guess. Um, and, you know, shout out to everyone, Foz and Baz and, and Staddy Maddie for the cheat sheet, Baz for the around the grounds. Like everyone who contributes does just a bloody amazing job. And we essentially all just do it for free because I'm a bad at. Uh, monetizing digital content, which is a concern because that is my job in the real world. So, um, no, it's been amazing. And thank you. Thank you to both of you and to, to everyone who's contributed on the site. The Professor, Mardo, everyone, everyone's done a, a bang-up job. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add to that. That's, you know, you've, you've both hit the nail on the head. It's been a goddamn pleasure, even as I've had a bit more of a, a backward step this year. Uh, you've done very, very well, and much love to you and to everyone that you know listens to us. I'm still amazed yeah. people want to actually listen to <laughs> the madness. three of us like just waffle on about God knows what. Um, and then you know the mailbag coming along so well. Like I've, I've enjoyed listening to that throughout the year, and and you know all the other content's been very, very good. But the the people that actually you know come and and consume it mean that you know people that listen, people that you know comment on the website, people that that tag me on in things on Twitter and yell at me for supporting Essendon. Like it's kind of the reason we keep coming back. It's really nice and really lovely that people can continue to do that. So if you're still listening at this point, thank you. You're yes, a good thank egg. You thank you to all the listeners, all the commenters. Um, yeah, I agree with Patch. You're all mad and I don't understand why you're listening, but thank you for doing it. Uh, gentlemen, with that, I think we'll wrap it up there and uh, stay tuned for the next season of the Jock Reynolds footy content and obviously the cricket content is is underway. So it is, and there will be potentially tradio content. Well, that is an absolute lock to begin very, very soon because Damon and I have, I don't know, what do you call it? It's almost a fetish for pain, the amount of trade radio we listen to. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that after this. Thank you once again, community. <laughs>